and we're live with Be Green with Amy. Greetings, everyone. Welcome to Be Green with Amy. I'm Amy. Back in 2012, my husband Rick and I, we adopted this plant-based lifestyle. And since then, we have lost a combined 130 pounds and we've kept it off. And today we're healthier than ever. No prescription medications and very few doctor visits just to get that good checkup nod. That's the only time that we go. <laughs> but we really like to help others to adopt this lifestyle as well. So I'm glad that you're here. And now I would like to invite you to listen to this greeting for our guest. Kathy Fisher is the author of the plant-based cookbook, Straight Up Food. Her specialty is giving traditional dishes makeovers so that they look and taste as close as possible to the originals. A culinary instructor at the McDougal Program and the True North Health Center for over 12 years, Kathy has been plant-based for over 22 years. Be Green with Amy welcomes Kathy Fisher. Welcome, Kathy. Hi, Amy. Thank you for having me. I am so glad that you're here. I have to tell you that, like I said in the intro, I adopted the lifestyle in 2012 because I am SOS free and that's sugar, oil, and salt free. There were not many options as far as cookbooks and recipes and, and things on the internet. There really wasn't anything. And when you're, when I discovered your cookbook, and I'm going to show it now, it's called Straight Up Food. When I discovered this cookbook, well, you can tell. I don't know if you can see all the little post-it notes that are marking pages. This is just like my go-to cookbook out of it. If you have adopted or are looking to adopt the plant-based lifestyle and you, especially if you want to avoid sugar, oil, and salt, but even if you don't, this is just like the gold standard, in my opinion, for cookbooks. And not only because you have so many recipes, but because you found ways to make foods that we might miss taste delicious in the way that they would be healthy. It's just awesome. And I just, now I get to thank you because <laughs> well, in my you. mind, when cooking or eating the food from your recipe book, I say, gosh, I'm so glad about that Kathy wrote this book. So now I get to thank you in person. Oh, oh, thank you so much. <laughs> so there's so many different recipes in the book. What made you decide to finally write that book? Yeah, finally is the word. I had been teaching cooking classes for about, I think, six years at True North Health Center and also the McDougal program. And people started asking me if I had a cookbook, which is a good question for a cooking instructor. And I just kept saying, no, no, no. And then I finally thought, well, maybe I should start working on one. So I started, I started saying, yeah, I'm working on one. And then after a while, I thought I better really start working on one. So like <laughs> once everybody knew, like, I, you know how that works? If people know that you're working on something, you kind of have to do it. So it really was a, a good push for me. So once I got into it, um, the wheel started moving and it became real. And I, I really did self-publishing or traditional publishing. So once I made that decision to self-publish and I started you know, hiring different people to help me, then it was real. And then the wheels were turning and I was on my way. So um, yeah, it, it had to become real for me. And then I thought, oh, geez, this is really happening. And all these people are waiting and I wanted to make it really good. And so I did. And that was about four and a half years ago that that came out. And the COVID year last year was my year to kind of get another one done. So that is still in the works, but I do have plans to have another one 
Um, but I don't know when it's going to come out yet. Oh, I am so excited. I'm sure it's going to be wonderful. This cookbook, there's so many reasons why I love it. Of course, because like I said, it does have all those recipes that, and not only are they plant-based, but they're sugar, oil, and salt free. But what I love about it is it's not laminated, but it's a smooth cover. So, cause when you have it in the kitchen, you're inevitably going to spill or splatter something on it and it wipes yeah. up easily, <laughs> which is great. I love the fact that it's got a binder here so you can just lay it flat which a lot of cookbooks, you have to crease down the page or whatever. And this one, you can just lay it flat at any point in the book. It, it'll just lay down flat. And it has so, not just recipes, but it talks about why sugar, oil, and salt are, are not a good option for you. And it has just a lot of different information in there just beside and tips and, oh, just all kinds of things. But I just really enjoy it. And I don't usually get excited about cookbooks. My husband, actually, Rick, he's the principal cook, but... It was up to me when we adopted this lifestyle. He said, I'll do it, but only if it tastes good. Oh, oh. yeah. <laughs> it's got to taste good or else people aren't going to do it. Yeah. And that's, you know, the binding, all the pictures, color pictures in it. That's kind of the main reason I decided to self-publish it because I knew that as a first-time author, a, a traditional publisher would probably not let me do those things because it's more expensive to have that kind of binding more expensive to have all those pictures and and yeah like you said there weren't a lot of resources out there so I thought wow if I do a really good job and make it beautiful as well as practical and useful not to be one of those cookbooks that just lives on your shelf but people use throughout the week on a regular basis then that would really help a lot of people because it matters it matters that it, ha that it has color pictures and it matters that it's easy to use so Thank you for all your compliments. Yeah, it really does matter, especially the pictures. If you are trying a recipe, especially if it, you're adopting this lifestyle, you're a little bit apprehensive anyway about making something that you've never had before. And now if you didn't have a picture on top of it, that would just make it a lot more challenging to get up the courage to make it. And the pictures are beautiful. I think that's why one of the reasons why we have used so many of your recipes, because you look at the picture and you say, oh my goodness, I can, I can do that. And they're not like intimidating pictures like it looks like somebody sprayed lacquer on something to make it look you know <laughs> or food color I mean they're real pictures of the food that you really made yes and I took all those pictures and I made a point to make them look like people would really eat not all fancy and cutesy and you know overly styled I wanted them to look very like approachable like yeah I could do that and also I wanted them to look like things that were people that people were used to eating and that's kind of my, has become my specialty or my niche, taking traditional recipes, and I call it giving them a makeover, and trying to keep the way that traditional recipe looks, like we're gonna do coleslaw today, but I also do beef stew. So when that beefless stew is done, it looks just like the beef stew that people have grown up eating. Um, so yeah, we eat with our eyes as well as our mouths, so it really matters how things look in reality as well as in the pictures. And that's another thing that I like about your cookbook because you do take food that used to be familiar to us for those of us that were not always plant-based for our lives, which is most of us, and you find ways of making them taste and even having the texture like the foods that we're used to. And so for people that, especially people that are just adopting this lifestyle and transitioning over, 
the temptation is to go to those processed that there's an abundant uh, supply of different kind of processed foods that are kind of like the things that we're trying to transition away from, but they're not necessarily healthy for us. And you really found ways to make, to take whole foods and make these foods delicious. Were you originally, how did you stumble into cooking like this? Yeah, that's interesting. Um, I was not a traditionally trained chef. I've never been to culinary school. I'm just a creative person, I think. And when I got offered this job um, at True North Health Center teaching, I was a little reluctant, but I did like cooking on my own at home. And so I said, yeah, I'll give it a try. And I just started making recipes out of the health promoting cookbook, which is the cookbook by Dr. Goldham, who owns True North Health Center in Santa Rosa, California. And then after a while, I thought, oh, I started getting ideas of my own of how I could create my own recipes. And I started my website. And um, I knew that I wanted a job that wasn't stressful because previous to working in this field, I worked as a magazine editor. And before that, I worked as an elementary school teacher, both of which were very fun in many ways, but also very stressful. Um, so I, I decided to do work that's, you know, a little more calm, like my personality. Everybody tells me I'm so calm. And so this really fit the bill. So it, it was just a really wonderful um, progression. And when I started teaching in front of grown-ups who wanted to learn how to cook, it was just such a better fit for me than teaching little kids. And the people in my classes, they're so happy, at, especially at True North, because a lot of them are water fasting. It's also a water fasting center. Um, so, but they love coming to the classes and watching me cook. They can't sample the food at the end of the class, but some people can. And it's just so fun because I think a lot of people come to this with a fear that it's not going to taste good. Usually they've tried everything else and then they've come to True North or they've come to the McDougal program and they're like, okay, this is my last ditch effort to try to fix my health, to heal, to recover. And they just think the food's going to taste awful. And then they try it or they see me make it and their little light bulb goes on and they're like, oh, I would eat this at home. My teenagers would eat this. My husband would eat this. Just because they've never had this type of food before. And um, so that just makes me so happy. And I just really tuned in with that, with my heart, like, oh, this is making people happy right in front of me. And they're getting it, the tasting of the food, they get it. And so that's still my favorite part of my job. It's just teaching, um, especially in person where I can give the food to the people who are eating and they can try it out for themselves. They just become so inspired and that's really all I ever wanted to do. And my work was inspire people and help people and do it in a creative way. So this fits the bill really well. We had Dr. Goldhammer on the show. It just always amazes me. I have never water fasted. So mm -hmm. sometimes I do like intermittent fasting, but I've never water fasted. And it just boggles my mind that people who are going without food and just drinking water for maybe even like five days, and it could be longer, be up to 40 days there, that they could just show up to a cooking class and smell oh, yeah. and look at food and be able to sit there and enjoy it and ask questions as if, as if they weren't yeah. hungry. 
And, but I'm sure it's just a changeover. Like you said, they're definitely there because they're seeking to heal. And like Dr. Goldhammer, he calls it the last resort. Because if people don't <laughs> work out at the McDougal program, Dr. McDougal sends them to True North. So okay. it is literally like the last stop many people in trying to figure out their health solutions. You know, a lot of people don't want to take drugs for the rest of their life. And that usually doesn't even fix, you know, that's just a Band-Aid on things. Whole foods, 100% plant food diet without salt, oil, sugar. We're also no gluten. All my recipes are based on the true north way of eating. When I teach at um, McDougal, I also teach these recipes and people love them. And they do do a little salt there at McDougal. And I say, okay, well, just add it on top. Don't put it in your cooking because majority of people are getting way too much sodium in their diet. So that's just one little trick. Like just put it on top. Don't put it in. That's really great because it's a good clue for people if they're trying to eliminate salt just put it on top and then maybe slowly transition off but mm -hmm. for those people who attend those places then they have something to go home with with your book but people who maybe can't get to those places they could simulate it by just taking your cookbook and getting recipes from it and they're pretty much easy to make they're not crazy ingredients i mean i'm not the principal cook and i can i can cook your recipes so if i can do it then i think almost anyone can well that's, that, thank you that's the thing is being i'm more of a teacher than i am a chef and being in front of students all the time has taught me a lot of things and one of them is it cannot be difficult you also cannot have ingredients that are difficult to find we have to go to special markets and stuff these are at least Pretty much all of them they're not gourmet at all they're very everyday they're very approachable and friendly and i also have adjustment you know options in my book oh if you don't do cashews do this instead or whatever because i've heard all the questions you know so i know when to offer variations for people and since we're talking so much about the cookbook i will just say if you're interested in getting the cookbook you can go to my um, shop straightupfood.com and if you want me to sign your cookbook, just put a little note when you're checking out, there's a little note section and I'll sign it for you. If you want me to sign it to your name or just sign my name or whatever you want. And that's really the best place to get it. You see guys, you tune into Be Green with Amy and you get to hear all the good information about where to get things for better prices and to get it signed. That would be wonderful. I'm just going to have to hunt you down one day when I'm traveling and carry this cookbook with me yeah. <laughs> so I can get it signed. So why don't you show us what are you making today? So today I'm going to make, since summer's coming, I thought I would make two of my most popular salads. When does summer start? I think not till June, but it is coming. And these are great. I call they hit all the three P's, the picnics, the potlucks, and the parties, which we are going to be moving into more often. But even if you just want to make these at home, they're pretty easy and they're very delicious. These, like most of my recipes, are two dishes that you can serve to anybody, no matter how they eat, and they're going to like them. They're not going to look at them and say, oh, that looks like weird health food. No, they're going to say, oh, that looks like great coleslaw. And the other one we're doing is a four bean salad. So that's always at the back of my mind when I'm creating recipes. Can people share this with others who don't eat this way? Be I mean, even in the same household, sometimes one person will eat this way and everybody else will not. So it's good to have them appeal to most other people. And as I said, if they wanna add something to the top that you as the clean um, plant-based eater don't, aren't eating, they can add it. And there's even a little part in 
Yeah, I talk about that in my book, how to handle people within your household who don't eat the same um, way that you do. So it can be a little tricky. So today we're going to do- Now this recipe is in your cookbook, right? And also okay. we have a link for it. So if somebody didn't have your cookbook or they're waiting for it to arrive, that they can look at the recipe too. So if you yeah. if you guys aren't, aren't able to write things down, don't worry about it because we're going to have it all in the show notes. We're going to have links to everything for you so that you can have it. Go ahead, Kathy. I just want to let Ooh. everybody know about that. Good tip. All right. So yeah, I'll just dive in. I'm going to start with the coleslaw. If you guys have any questions, please um, put them in and they will ask me and we'll get that answered for you. All right. So I've got most things pretty prepared here, um, but I am a few things um, as I go about the different tools I use, the techniques, my blenders, different food products. So even if you never make these recipes, you're going to learn a lot of little um, tricks today. And then I do have my recipes here and I do refer to these just so I don't forget anything because even though I've made these so many times, I still can space out and forget to note something. And I know people who are watching like to know amounts as I'm going, so I want to get those right. All right. So the first step in the creamy coleslaw recipe is to get the dressing assembled. And I'm going to use my blender for this. This is called a Tribest personal blender. And by the way, if you go to my website, straightupfood.com and click on the, I think it's the shop, um, you can find links to all my favorite uh, kitchen tools. I, th I think I have spices on there, just lots of different stuff. So go check out the shop link. This is my favorite small blender. I do have a big Vitamix. I'm not going to use that today, but it's also really helpful to have a small blender as well. This has the blade down here. This is a small cup. And then I also have a tall cup like this that I'll use for the next um, recipe. But these are great for grinding flax seeds and nuts, making a little bit of salad dressing. And it, when you are blending something where there isn't a lot of volume, like each of these dressings makes about a cup, it's harder for the Vitamix with its big bottom for it to catch. So having a little blender like this is great. Um, this is a good company, Tribest. They don't put BPA in their plastic. They also have glass if you want glass. Um, so check that out. If you already have a small blender, like a Ninja or a Nutribullet or something like that, I tell people, use, keep using that. If it ever breaks, check out a Tribest. They're just a really good quality um, product. Okay, so we're gonna put our dressing ingredients in here. And the first thing is the base of the dressing. So what I do in my recipes is I take out all the ingredients. This is a very traditional recipe, coleslaw. I'm taking out all the ingredients that are not health promoting and I'm leaving in any ingredients that are health promoting. So instead of using mayonnaise and oil and eggs and salt, which is all in mayonnaise, we're gonna kind of make our own mayonnaise and we're gonna use raw unsalted cashews now, whenever I buy nuts or seeds, I always get raw and unsalted if I can. So this is a half cup of cashews. And by the way, if you can't eat cashews, you can use another kind of nut or seed. Sunflower seeds work well. Um, I think um, walnuts may work. And another thing that works if you're trying to watch your calories, because nuts and seeds are pretty high in calories, you can also use white beans, cooked white beans, in place of the cashews. Or you can, you know, move move the needle a little bit, like use mostly cooked white beans and 
just four cashews or something. So you don't have to use 100% cashews if you don't want to. And I think I have a note at the bottom. Do I have a note? I don't think I put that note in there. So if you're using the cooked white bean method, just use like double the amount. Use more like three quarter to one cup of the cooked white beans. All right. Hopefully that was clear as mud. Does anybody have any questions about that? I think that's good. Okay. And by cooked white bean, I mean a navy bean, a great northern, um, what others? Cannellini, doesn't really matter. But we're going through it for a white, creamy final result. So half cup cashews, half cup water. And next on the list, we're going to put some vinegar. And we're just going to do one tablespoon just for a little bit of zinginess. I'm using apple cider vinegar. Another vinegar I like to use is organic brown rice vinegar. So those are the two I use most often. You just want to be careful of the seasoned vinegars because they're loaded with salt and sugar. These are also my favorite little measuring spoons. They're magnetic. They stick together. They have two ends in case one end is dirty. You still have a clean end. I just love these. So we're going to do one tablespoon of the apple cider vinegar. And this is a good example. If you're a person who doesn't like vinegar, you can leave it out. You can put less. I'm very into adjustments to make things work for you. So feel free to adjust to your heart's desire. Brenda Clemens says that she has good results subbing hemp hearts for cashews. Oh, that would be really good. I think tofu would also work. I don't use a lot of tofu because I'm not a big tofu person. If you're subbing, just watch that water so it doesn't get too watery. That's why I was saying double the white beans if you're using white beans. And if you're using hemp hearts, yeah, you might want to just hold back a little bit of that liquid and then blend it and see if you need to add more water. So we're going to add a little bit of mustard now. This is the only no salt added mustard. I don't know if you can see that. It says it in yellow there, no salt added mustard. This is by Westbury Natural, stone ground mustard. If you're really going for no salt whatsoever, you can look for this. It's a little tricky to find in the grocery store, but what I do is I just order it online and then I get four or eight at a time and then I just have them on hand. So Westbury Natural. So I'm going to do two tablespoons of this and one little trick you can do, that's the end that I just measured the vinegar with so it has a little liquid in there, but you can also just dip your measuring spoon when you're measuring things that are kind of creamy or sticky and then it will help help it come off the measuring spoon a little easier. That is a great tip. I make a salad dressing every week, but I make it in my Vitamix because I make a week's worth of dressing. That always happens. <laughs> it sticks. Yeah. And, and that's a great idea. I like that so tip. Just dip it in there or run it under the faucet and it just makes it a little bit easier. Okay. I like those spoons too. I have a set because one end, they're narrow and sometimes you can't fit that wide end of a spoon inside of something. So that narrow pointy kind of and fits sometimes better into exactly. spice jars and things. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. These are brilliant. I love inexpensive, brilliant kitchen tools. All right. Yep. And so, they're magnetic and they nest together. So you can't be trying to figure out where they are or, and they're not all connected yeah. on this silly ring that you're like, what do I need this ring for? <laughs> yes. And you can make a great gift if you know someone who yeah. cooks a lot. These are great. All right, and then the last, I, I believe the last uh, dressing ingredient is just one clove of garlic. I've already peeled that paper off the outside here. 
So we're going to put that in. And then we're going to put the blade on. And then we're just going to leave this in here um, so that the nuts can soften a little bit more because the final result of the dressing, we want it to be nice and creamy. Um, one other trick that you can do if you're going to be grinding nuts or seeds into a creamy dressing or a sauce or something, you could just let them soak for a while or assemble everything and then just give it a quick little blend so it started and then we'll let it soak even more. So we're going to come back to it in a little bit. All right. So that is step one. This is pretty, pretty easy. Let me move these out of the way. Coleslaw. So two things or one thing, two different colors of um, cabbage is what we're going to start with for our coleslaw. And you can cut your coleslaw in nice little thin um, shreds or strips, or you can do what I've done here and do like little confetti pieces. Either way, it doesn't matter. Chef's knife to do this. You could also use your food processor with the shredding blade at the top. That would work too. Of green raw cabbage. And this is one cup of red cabbage. Now, if you couldn't find the red and you only find the green, you can use all green. That's fine. Red is a bit more visual appeal. Third thing is one and three quarter cups grated carrots. I just use the old handheld grater. Um, for this, but again, you could use your food processor's grating blade if you want. So one and three quarter cups. I have a similar bowl to what you have, the stainless steel. I love it. You used to have plastic bowls and I just couldn't wait for them to crack or something so I could finally give them up. And I am so happy with the stainless steel bowl. It's just awesome. I know. I love this bowl. Anyway, the next thing is we're going to put some apples in here. I like a coleslaw that has a little bit of sweetness to it. So we're going to add these apples. This was a big apple. I ended up using one and I left the peelings on because they're nutritious. And also I think they're kind of eye catching, but you can peel yours or, or not. And I just cut them in little kind of bite sized slices like that. A green apple would work, a red apple. It doesn't matter what kind of apple really. You could even use two different kinds of apples. And then we're going to do a half cup of raisins. Again, optional. If you're not a raisin person, you can leave them out. You could use golden raisins if you want. The thing with raisins that you want to be on the lookout for is that they don't have oil on them. So even the raisins sometimes have oil on them. That just so they look prettier and they don't. Make sure you read that label. So. They sneak it in there. All it's right, so sweet. colorful and beautiful already. I you know, noticed. I could I could just dig into that with that. <laughs> I wish you were here because after we're done here today, I'm going to be left with two big things of salad. So that's when I go um, knocking on the neighbor's door and say, "Do you want any coleslaw?" They usually say Aww. yes. Okay, so the onion I didn't prepare yet, just because I wanted to show you how I do this or one way that I do this using my cool little Xylus chopper. I have a few different choppers, different sizes, different brands. And this one, this one's great. You can make salsa in it. You can chop your onions in it. It has this little blade that comes out. So let me get my onion ready. We're aiming for a half cup of chopped red onion. So I cut off both ends 
And you know what? I also need a half cup of chopped red onion for my next salad as well. So I'm just going to go ahead and chop the whole thing here. And you know what I love to use? This is called the bench scraper or pastry scraper. I just love it for cleaning off my cutting board. And then you also want to take off one or two of these outer layers of the onion. And then to use this, you, you don't want to put it in like this. You do want to help it a little bit. So we're just going to get a, give it a few chops. And I like the red onion for both of these since it's raw into pretty teeny tiny pieces. So that's why I like using this. Now, if you didn't have a red onion, you could use a white or a yellow onion. That would be fine. If you only had a green onion, you could use that. So there's all of our pieces. We're going to put that on. This is so low tech. You just set it on there. This is like a toy. And then you pull. So the more you pull, the smaller the pieces. And then I like to kind of give it a little shake in the middle. Take the lid off. We'll take a look at it. I don't know, Amy, if you can see that very well, but the pieces are kind of nice and teeny. That's really nice. You didn't have to spend too much time looking at the onion, though this way you didn't have any tears. This would be fun, like if you had children in the kitchen too, and they couldn't use a knife that you could ask them to help you with that or something. But that's a really nice way to get small pieces. Yeah, it's, it's, I love it. This also works really well to make salsa. You just throw all your different onion and uh, tomato and garlic in there. It's really great. Yeah, it's like a big old toy. And I love the design of this. I really like Xylus. They make great stuff. I also have another chopper. Do I have it handy? A similar one here. This is a Tupperware product. It's kind of the same idea, smaller. Um, and then you also just pull string. Either one of them would be great if you were traveling or mm -hmm. even camping, I guess, too. You could be cooking and camping and not have to worry about electricity. Absolutely. Okay. And I've recently discovered mini spatulas. <laughs> so I cute. Love, I love them. <laughs> I used to see them in the cooking store and be like, what are those for? And now I use them all the time. So I bought a pack of them. All right. So I'm going to use about half of the salad because I'm going to use the other half for the next salad. And that thing, it looks like it's so easy to clean up. There's not really many parts to it, right? No. In fact, it's probably... A, makes the best sense just to rinse it right now uh-huh at least the top there i love cooking with these types of foods in this lifestyle because you don't have to worry about cross-contamination and you don't have to worry about scrubbing everything completely clean sometimes you can just say oh, i'll just rinse it off because i'm just going to use it a little later on or maybe tomorrow and it'll be fine <laughs> exactly love not having to clean oil and also egg yolks or egg anything. It's just so nice. So we've got all of our chunky stuff in there. Da, 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 da. So let's return to our dressing here. So we're going to give this another blend and we're just wanting it to be nice and smooth. So we'll take a look. It looks really good. If it looks a little too thick, go ahead and add just a couple drops of water and then you can give it another blend. Let me give it one more quick one here. That's what I love about cooking this way. It's very forgiving. Not only can you add a little water, but you can taste it too. And you don't have to worry about, again, the, the contamination or anything from eggs or that aren't cooked or whatever you're right. trying to taste. Let me, let me taste it. I want to make sure those nuts are ground down. I want them nice and smooth. 
so good. You can also make this dressing as a standalone dressing and just use it throughout the week on your green salads. Okay, so we're gonna pour this. This is a prepared salad, you know, whenever you have to, it already has the dressing on it. And then we're just gonna mix it up. Oh, look at that. Look at all the beautiful colors. Mm -hmm. oh. And if you wanted to add something else in here, maybe you had an abundance of it in your garden or something, like radishes or a little um, yellow bell pepper or green bell pepper or some fresh herbs like basil, parsley, cilantro, go ahead and do it or try it with half of it. You know, you can have it. Oh, you know what would be good in here? There's some pineapple. Oh, yeah. That would be nice. I love fennel. I love raw fennel. I could just eat it plain as a snack. So every time I try to find an excuse to stick it in there. And then if I can get it in the store where it has the fronds on it, I love to chop that up and kind of sprinkle it in things to add a little color. Huh. Never used the fronds before. I'll have to try that. Yeah, they oh, kind right. of give it that as if you were putting dill like in, dill. but it doesn't give that flavor that dill would give if you if you didn't want it, that, but you wanted right. that look. Yeah, I love fennel. And fennel is the type of thing that is, I think, best when it's sliced very thinly, just a little hint because it has a strong flavor. So I'll show you what I use when I um, cut fennel. I just want to plate some of this for you so you can see how pretty it looks. Sometimes it's I'll put so some black pepper on here as well. So, so there it is. If Look you, how beautiful. Pretty. Um, you could always, if you're a person that likes more dressing on this type of salad, you could make one and a half times the dressing. Um, let me see. Let me that see. That is just so beautiful. And there again, that's the picture you're going to see in the cookbook. It's not going to have any kind of, you yeah. can't do this. You just wish you could make it look like this. This is what it looks like. And it's beautiful. It looks like you went through a lot of tr trouble to make it, but you just dumped some things in and made some sauce and there it is. Wow. And if you're That's a person who eats nuts, you could put some pumpkin seeds on here. You could chop up some almonds and I mean, almonds, pecans in here. Um, so yeah, make it your own. It's already got kind of the rich dressing going for it. So if you add more nuts, you know, you never know for holidays or get togethers or whatever. This is a portable mandolin and this is what I use to, it's fresh, really thin. I think it's a, I don't know how many millimeters that is, two or three, but it's a porcelain blade. So you're going both directions and you never have to sharpen it. Um, so you just hold it on the cutting board and you definitely want to use a hand protector if you're using this. But anyway, these are kind of handy. We will move on. And again, since this is a prepared salad with a nut dressing, you'll want to eat this up in like a day or two or maybe three at the most. Otherwise, the nuts get a little... They start to get a little funny. Yeah, I, I don't think I'd have a problem eating that up in a day or two. <laughs> exactly. Um, okay. So moving right along, we're going to do our four bean salad next. And I'd like to ask your viewers, what is something that's normally in a bean salad that's maybe not so health promoting that we might want to leave out? What, what is something that 
in normally in a bean salad that we might want to leave out. Let's see if anybody or, wants to guess that. Yeah, that or the the dressing in particular. Oh, and the dressing. Okay, Brenda Clement said oil. Oil. There's lots of oil in bean salad dressings, and also lots of sugar. If you go, you know, Google beans, you'll see. At least I've seen like a quarter cup of white sugar in a dressing for this type of salad. That's a lot of sugar. I'm glad that you brought that up because I think that we don't think about how often sugar is added to so many of the different foods that we can buy. And if we look at the ingredients list, we would be surprised. I mean, I was surprised when I first learned that it was in tomato sauce, marinara sauce. I oh. didn't know that they put sugar. I never thought of that. It's, it's just ubiquitous. It's crazy. So yeah, sugar, that's a good thing to point out. Yeah, it's a biggie. And another good thing to just remember is that manufacturers, they don't really, they're not in the business of caring for our health. They're in the business for making money. So they're going to put things into their products that keep us wanting to buy those products. So what are those things? Concentrate, you know, anything that's concentrated. So white um, salt, oil, sugar, white sugar, brown sugar, um, maple syrup, any of the concentrated sweeteners, all those things, refined flour, those are the things that they, they sneak in there uh, amongst tons of other things we can't pronounce um, that kind of get our brains craving it and wanting it um, so healthy. Yeah, I had somebody that was trying to do a weight loss thing on her own. It wasn't a plant-based type thing. And there's, I won't say the name of the place, but there's a chain of places that you can get a smoothie at. She was so proud of herself because she bought a smoothie to try to, to lose weight. They added turbinado. <laughs> and, and then I had to break it to her that turbinado, although it sounds like it must be something healthy or something, it's another way of saying sugar. Yeah, so they do sneak it in. And Krista Campanaro said, yes, sugar is in so many things. Yep, you're right, Krista. And there's so many different types and names for sugar, too. I saw a list once online of all the different ways they call sugar, and it was mind-blowing. And I also have an article. I have lots of little articles in my book about how to read food labels. So that just reminded me it's important if you buy anything with a label on it. And that's kind of our goal at True North is to eat whole foods, you know, have the majority of your shopping basket be from the produce department. You don't want a lot of things that have labels on them. What do I have that has labels? Some canned goods, some like my soy milk that I buy, um, you know, sometimes some pasta, stuff like that. But I try not to buy many things that have labels. And if I am going to do it, I read that label to make sure I know what I'm getting. And you know what? That reminds me. Let me, I don't know. Well, I don't know where it is. But I have this can of tomato paste that I've never opened because it's my example tomato paste. There's tomato paste, which is tomatoes. And then there's tomato paste, you know, that's kind of souped up a little. And it's got like oil and dairy and cheese. And so it was just my reminder to people, make sure you read those tomato paste labels and all labels. They are sneaky. All right. So we're gonna start with all the chunky stuff here. So let me go down in order. The first thing is for the four bean salad is some green beans. Now I like to use fresh green beans and I cut them into little bite-sized pieces like this. 
If you want to use frozen, you can. If you want to use canned, you can. Make sure there's no added sugar. Um, but I think fresh is best if you can find them. So I just cut these in little pieces. I got my water boiling. I threw these in just for, you know, five minutes, give or take. And, you know, test one to make sure it's good. You don't want to overcook these or else they get kind of rubbery. And then just drain them. So this is about three cups of green beans. And next we're going to do some black beans. This is one can of black beans rinsed. You could also make your own beans from scratch in your Instant Pot or your stove top, whatever you like. And then we're going to do two more types of beans. We're going to do some kidney beans and we're going to do some garbanzo beans here. So this each is like one can of beans. And what I've used today, I brought some different cans to just show you some options. This is the West Bray Natural, the same brand as the mustard. Organic black beans, no salt added. I didn't know West Bray made beans. I only knew them for the mustard. So that's interesting. Yeah. That's they nice that they have a line of things that don't have salt. Yeah, they're a great company. And the ingredients say organic black beans and water. So that's a good label. And then my garbanzo beans, I bought a different brand just to show you a different brand. This is Eden. They also make lots of good products, good company. No salt added down there. And then in their ingredient list, it says organic garbanzo beans, water, kombu seaweed. And sometimes they'll add seaweed to their beans because it just helps with digestion. And then this is the third brand that I got, the kidney beans. Organic kidney beans, also no salt added. And this is the Whole Foods brand. And sometimes I buy these little boxes. They are recyclable. So are the cans. Some people don't like cans, so this is an option. And then I also bought these two. I didn't open them. And uh, S&W brand kidney beans and then low sodium kidney beans. I just thought it would be interesting to compare the sodium. A lot of, sodium is the big thing. It's the hardest thing to let go or to decrease. And a lot of people, moderation doesn't work, so it's easier for them just to go cold turkey on all added salt. Um, okay, so the ingredients for the ones I'm using, the kidney beans, is organic kidney beans and water, and the sodium is five milligrams. So even though no sodium was added, there's still some sodium occurring naturally in those beans. So that's why the five milligrams is there. Now here is uh, kidney beans, low sodium. So with low sodium, you get 140 milligrams per half cup. Is this per half cup? Yeah. So five milligrams, 140 milligrams for the low sodium. And then here's just the straight up kidney beans, no low sodium at all. For the same half cup, the sodium is 370 milligrams. That is a ton of sodium. So if you are going to cut back on your sodium, just buy the low sodium or sodium added, no salt added. Right. And that's just for half cups. So that's not even the whole container yeah. of beans. That's just for the half cup. And I'm glad you pointed out to everybody that even though it says no salt added, all food, all vegetables, even some fruits, they all have some amount of sodium. And people have said to me, you're SOS free, you don't use salt. And I say, I don't use salt. I don't add salt. I, I do consume sodium every day because it's necessary to have sodium. And that's why it exists in our produce. Yes. And nature is so wonderful. It, it handles itself. 
You know, if we just eat whole foods, we're going to get plenty of sodium. There are very few people who need to supplement sodium because they have a chronic of an issue going on with sodium. So love the fact without sodium, because you're going to be putting in the dressing and the dressing is going to be so flavorful that it really doesn't matter that you're not having salt in the beans from the can or, or adding in salt because it's just going to be so flavorful and you're not going to miss it. And if you're just starting out with this lifestyle and trying to eliminate salt, like Kathy had said, they do at the McDougal is that they have salt shakers and that they say, don't add it while you're cooking, just at the end, put a little bit on top because when you add the salt into your cooking, it kind of dissipates. And then you're going to wind up adding more salt just because you'll for the salty flavor. So it's just a good idea that if you're trying to cut down, just only add a little bit on top. And then over time, if you go ahead and don't use as much salt, you can slowly, your uh, taste buds will neuroadapt. So you'll just use a certain amount of salt. And at each time that you use your added salt, just try and use a little less. One and a half cups of green peas and one and a half cups of corn. And the corn I'm using today, I'll just dump those in. I guess the corn I'm using today is frozen corn, organic sweet corn. The only ingredient is organic corn. It seems like they will add salt and sugar to canned corn a lot, so I tend not to buy canned corn. If I can get some good organic corn on the cob when it's in season, I will just cut that off the cob and use that. You don't even have to cook it. So, but this usually always available and a safe bet. All right, so we've got our corn. And then the last thing here is the rest of our, I'm estimating this is about a half. So that's all the chunky stuff. We're gonna set that aside while we do our dressing. So we're gonna get back our little Tribest personal blender here. And this time we're gonna use a tall cup and I rinsed out the blades here. And then the first thing we're gonna use, so Normally this is full of lots of oil. So what I'm gonna do is use about a three quarter cup of tomatoes, which are nothing like oil, but tomatoes and cucumbers are both soft um, and they make great bases for salad dressing. So today I'm using cherry tomatoes cut in half, but this is what I had. So I'm gonna use that. You leave the skin on, the seeds on, in. And then we're gonna put some vinegar because if you've ever had salad you know it's kind of zingy so we're going to do about a quarter or a third cup of vinegar and then the next thing is some more of this great mustard a lot of my dressings have similar themes like i love mustard in dressings i love a clove of garlic in dressings so we're going to do two tables whoops spoons And then like the other dressing, one clove of garlic. And then last, we're gonna put a teaspoon of ground cumin. So I'm just using the savory, savory spice brand of ground cumin. If you are a person who doesn't like cumin, you can leave it out. You can use something different. but it adds a very nice kind of spicy kick in the dressing. And I think it's pretty traditional for bean solids to have a little bit of cumin in. I love when people add different kinds of spices like that or things that you wouldn't normally come across because and that's what's great about this lifestyle is because you can find 
all kinds of spices that maybe you never experienced before and you're trying to eliminate the sugar and the salt and experiencing these different flavors, you taste it and you say, what's that? What is that flavor? So inviting and it's so much fun and it just adds, adds so much variety to this lifestyle. I love it. It does. And I really just want salt flavor. So even in the absence of table salt, you can still have lots of flavor in your food like this. Um, basically, people just want it to taste good. And we're so used to using salt, people are very used to that. So when you take that away, new flavors from the food, from the spices, people are really excited about that. It's wonderful. And in my book, I have a section on dried herbs and spices because people always ask me, well, where do I buy them? Well, how much do I buy? How long do they keep? All in the book as well. And I also have a little section of herbs and dried herbs and spices that I use every day. These are the little lists that I use less often. And then these are the ones I hardly use at all, but I keep them on hand for holidays and stuff like that. So we're going to go ahead and blend this dressing. Yes, I love how you use those spices. And it's so important just to try things out and you just never know. With the processed foods, they add salt because these spices are more expensive than salt. Salt is one of the cheapest things that you can use. It's so inexpensive that there are factories that add salt into their foods and they'll have salt spilling all over the floor, all over the factory floor. It's not even worth it to them to change the way that they automate the cooking and the preparation of their processed foods. It's just cheaper for them to let the salt just fall over the floor and then clean it up later. And that's why we're not getting a lot of these herbs and spices in our foods when we get them processed foods. And so this lifestyle really gives us the opportunity. They're not, the spices aren't that expensive, but compared to the salt, if you were making mm -hmm. a, a millions of servings a day, it would be definitely a different cost factor. But for us, it's really, we're just using just a small amount, but what a difference that it just makes it to our lifestyle and how we can flavor foods. Yeah. Yeah. And we don't become addicted to things like, Oh, cumin, I got to have the cumin or I got to have the, <laughs> it's not the same because salt and sugar are unnaturally concentrated. They're manufactured, they're concentrated. So that's, they're kind of like drugs a little bit where we just, we want them, we want them, we want them. So if you give yourself, a month away from those things, your brain and your taste buds will adjust from wanting so much salt and they'll start craving the things that you are putting into your mouth. It's amazing how that happens. There's only one flavor I've read that humans are born craving and that's their mother's milk. Everything else is an acquired taste and we can unacquire it as well. It doesn't mean that we're gonna stop liking the flavor of salt, sugar, and oil. It just means that we can get away from it and love other things. So um, when I'm doing this dressing, I like to give it an extra blend because those tomato skins, they're kind of resistant to blending. So I want to get them okay. pretty small here. So let me give it and a while, blend. Yeah. While you do that, I'm going to, I just had a question from Debbie Weston. Hi, Debbie. She said, what else could you use instead of the tomato in the dressing? Loving your cooking class. Can't wait to get your book. You're going to love this book. Thank you. Um, I think cucumber would work well because it's nice and soft and has those seeds in the middle, kind of like um, tomato. I know some people people are sensitive to nightshades and can't do tomatoes. Um, but those are my two favorite veggies that I use in dressings as bases. So try a nice mm -hmm. ripe cucumber 
um, I don't know what I would use. Sometimes I put fruit in dressings, some berries, some citrus. Grapefruit is a great base for a dressing. And I have lots of recipes for dressings in my book. And then I also teach you how to put together your own dressings because I want you to break out of, I mean, having recipes is great, but also just knowing how to put food together and dressings together on the fly is also very helpful. So I hope that I teach people how to do um, both things. But let me just give this one more little zap. Yeah, that's great. The book, like I said, it's just so practical. It's not just recipes. It's if you're just adopting a lifestyle or, or you really are having some challenges, there's so many different tips in here. I mean, it even tells you what to do when you go out to eat at a restaurant. So there's just so many tips that you can really, and you can uh, go to Kathy's west website, straightupfood.com. Okay, so I'm just gonna show you before I put this on there, the color of this. It's kind of a pinky brownie color, but it kind of is the color of like a vinaigrette, right? But once it's tossed in the salad, you won't even be able to see that it's kind of on the redder pinky side. Not that that really matters, but I'm always trying to go for a look that looks like what we're used to eating, the dressing that we're used to eating on bean salad. Krista Campanaro said that I love Kathy's recipes and I highly recommend her blog and cookbook. Thank you. Yeah, I have a lot of recipes on my blog as well. The cookbook is kind of favorites from the blog because I've been blog blogging or blogging longer than the cookbook's been out. So the cookbook was kind of like the best of the blog because it's not always so easy to just go online when you're in the kitchen. By the way, all right. my books are digital. So you can get them on Google Play, on Apple, Barnes and Noble and all that. Okay, so I'm just tossing this. And again, if you wanted to add something, some cilantro would be really good in here because it's kind of, I don't know, I just think it would be good. Um, you could put some radishes and carrots, some chopped up celery in here. You could do all black beans. You could substitute pinto beans for the kidney beans. So you get the idea. Have, have fun with it. Let me get my dish back here. What I would recommend if you're going to be sharing this, you know, you're going to an event or something, just mix it all together right before you go. I think that tastes best. Now, if you like things kind of hot and spicy, you could... Instead of the cumin, you could put a little hot and spicy chili powder in here or cumin, I mean, um, cayenne, pepper. I don't get into jalapenos, but if you like jalapenos, you could always chop those up and add them. But isn't that pretty? So nobody's gonna look at this and go, oh, that looks like health food, I'm not gonna eat it. And by the way, don't tell them. Don't tell your people before they eat it. Just let them try it and come to their own conclusion that it's really delicious. And then they will ask you, oh, that's so good. What, what's in that? And I'm just going to put a little bit of pepper. This is my cute little OXO pepper grinder. It has this little holder on the bottom that collects the pepper. I love pepper on top of this salad. This one too. So there is the Oh, look. look at that. This one. And I like good. You know, you could add a little bit of some red um, bell pepper if you want to kind of get the look a little more zingy there. All right. You never have to be worried if you get a 
to a holiday meal or an event where you're supposed to bring a dish, bring one of these. People will love it. Seriously, they don't realize how much they love healthy eating. So we're all kind of ambassadors and teachers for this way of eating, even if we're not preaching or teaching just by bringing this food. Right. And, and also people think that maybe this lifestyle is expensive and maybe there are some ingredients that you would buy that are expensive, but the ingredients that you're used today, it doesn't seem like it would be that expensive to make those dishes. No. And you can make it as expensive as you want. I use organic if I can. So that pricey. I do the fresh green beans, but you could do the frozen, which I'm sure is a little bit cheaper. So there's always ways. Cabbage, super inexpensive. You shouldn't let the thought that it's more expensive keep you from doing it. There's always a way to do it economically. I mean, just think how expensive meat and dairy and eggs. I mean, a whole thing of eggs is like $10, I think. So it's been a while since I purchased this. I, I don't know. <laughs> Brenda, Brenda Clement said, I've been following both of you. Oh, I've been following both of you ladies for several months. Such a treat to see you together. Oh, that's nice. Thank you, Brenda. That's so nice of you to say. I've been really admiring Kathy for a long time. This is, means a lot to me to have you on the show, Kathy. It really does. Because oh, you're, you. you're the, one of the reasons why my husband sticks to the lifestyle. <laughs> Oh, <laughs> because you make the delicious recipes. And so it really, really helps a lot. I get a lot of messages um, and emails from wives saying, oh, my husband really loved this, especially the beefless stew, because it's like a manly dish. Um, make that for your husband. Don't tell him that it's healthy and just see what he says. I say, make the beefless stew for your husband along with the Caesar salad. So I have a great Caesar salad recipe. And then if you really want to go over the top, you can make this pumpkin walnut cornbread that I have on my website. It's not in the book because it's newer. But if you really want to make a special meal, that is a good trio. The beefless stew, the Caesar salad, and the cornbread. Yeah, you have some kind of cornbread, though, in the book, right? Some, I do. Some, I have a quinoa yeah. cornbread. Quinoa. But I... My, I get, I've gotten better over the years, I think. And I even like the pumpkin walnut one a little bit better than the quinoa one. The quinoa one's good too. Okay. Well, we're going to have to try that because we quite often eat your quinoa cornbread. So we're going to have to look the, that, that one is on your website. The one that you just talked about. Yeah. It's called pumpkin walnut or walnut pumpkin cornbread. And I've got a lot of recipes on my website that have come out since my book. So go check that out as well as the book. But the thing about cornbread usually is just loaded with butter and oil or butter or oil. So if you make it without those, it's going to be kind of dry. So I put a can of pumpkin in instead of the oil and the butter and it gives it moistness. But at the same time, it doesn't taste pumpkin-y. It's kind of very in the background. So it's very cool. And if you don't like walnuts, you can leave those out. But I love nuts and my cookies and my cakes and my cornbread. So I had those. And nuts are okay to eat because obviously you're maintaining a slim and trim figure and you still eat nuts. And they're, I think they're important to include in your diet if you can. Yeah. And it, de I, it depends too what your freak out foods are. So I can have nuts in the house and I don't go crazy on them. I have a little bit on my oatmeal in the morning and that's about it. I do know the things that make me 
want to go crazy. And those are dry cereals, breads, anything that's like a refined grain. So I just don't bring those into the house. I can have, you know, dates, sweet dates in the house. I'll only eat one and then I'm good. But I know some people will just eat all of them. They'll eat the whole bag of nuts, the whole bag of dates. So know what your where your boundaries are. And if something is, you're just going to go crazy on it, just don't bring it into the house. It's right. tricky if you live with someone who's not following the same eating plan as you, but you know, you can always ask them like, I'm going to try this for a month I'm eating these certain things that I'm trying to avoid outside of the house instead of bringing them into the house. So there's always a way. There are people that I've worked with that had said that nuts were a trigger for them, but that seeds, like if they had sesame seeds, tiny kinds oh. of seeds, the hemp seeds, weren't they wouldn't try to eat <laughs> handfuls of them so that they were able to keep that around and, and at least have something like that to add as another seed and, and maybe avoid the other kinds. But I used to have salt and pepper shaker on my kitchen table and now I have these little glass jars and I have some nuts and seeds in them because I use them a lot so I don't have to worry about them going rancid because they're gone very quickly but I I use them to sprinkle the last minute garnish on my salad or what have you and it's funny when I have people over and they can say hey have some nuts and seeds and sprinkle it on and have, this is have another good idea with it. yeah along the same line so if you have a, a rotary cheese grater that you're not using anymore because you don't eat cheese just put some nuts and seeds in the chamber and then the, there's walnuts in here right now and then just turn it sideways and it kind of looks like parmesan cheese and on top of salads I'll do it on top of pasta brown rice pasta usually i'll do it on top of pancakes or waffles just to give a bit of richness without going over with the nuts or seeds. That's a very clever idea and a lot of fun. There again with children, sometimes they want to feel like they're participating and that's something mm -hmm. fun that they can do too. Hey, Emily F. Hi, Emily. Do you use flour in your cooking? If so, which kind? I don't use any store-bought flour in my cooking if I want flour. And that is one where I kind of differ from True North. They don't do a lot of baked goods. Um, but I love, you know, I want to give people a cookie and a muffin and a carrot cake and stuff. So I do have dessert recipes in my book. And if I want to use, I just grind it in my Vitamix jar right here. So it's usually oat flour since I'm gluten-free that eliminates, or my recipes are gluten-free that eliminates certain flours. So it's most often oats that I will grind into flour and it takes like 20 seconds in here. Or I'll do millet, what else do I do? Quinoa once in a while, but quinoa has a very strong flavor when ground. So oats and millet are my main flours that I grind up. So in my cookbook, I will tell you to just grind your own flour. And the good thing about that is you don't have a bunch of flour bags laying around getting old and you just make the amount that you want. And it tastes better when you grind your own. When you grind your own anything, nutmeg flour, it's going to taste better. Yeah, we had Chef Bravo on and he was talking about how he rarely purchases spices that are already ground and that he has this hand grinder that he uses and he's like mustard seed or whatever. He tries to buy them when they're not ground and they can be, he can just grind them as, as they go. Tastes better. Going to give you more of a, a pop and a punch. And speaking of spice grinder, this is one type right here. I have my nutmeg in here. 
because um, I like fresh whole nutmeg. So you just put that in there and then you just grind it like a pepper grinder and it's got like a little micro, it's a microplane product. It's got a little blades on the bottom. So yes, um, nutmeg, that's another good one. Cumin seeds ground. Oh, the flavor is so much stronger and more interesting than if you buy it pre-ground like this. Julie C., have you ever used vanilla bean powder? If so, what brand? Also, how would you convert measurement from liquid vanilla extract? I don't know if you've used the powder. I've never used the powder. I will use the extract or I will use the whole, the seeds from the vanilla bean. Yeah. We just recently found the vanilla bean powder and what it is, it's just vanilla bean pods that are dried and ground up. The whole pod is just ground up. So it's just, that's all the ingredient is. It isn't some kind of a funny powder. And huh. we have really found that to be, it just adds some extra something into, and especially for baked goods when you, and you say, oh, there's something in there that just makes it a little more rich and you hmm. can't quite figure it out. My husband, he'll make like oatmeal cookies and he'll put just a little bit of the vanilla. It's expensive as, as we all know, vanilla is very expensive, yeah. but he'll just put just a little bit in there and it just takes it up a notch. So it's kind of fun. Brenda, where did Kathy get her apron? I've been wondering that too, Kathy. It's the food. I got this from the McDougal's. Well, you should be a model. Everything looks good on you anyway, so. <laughs> well, we appreciate you being here. And there's a lot of prep that goes along with this. You make it look so easy, but prepared all those things. You had to shop for it, and then you had to set up your camera and the microphone. There's just a lot that's involved in it. I can surely appreciate that. I think it's great that you're teaching at True North and that's where I'm hoping to be able to go there. Not Like I said, I'm, I'm not somebody that wants to fast, but just to experience it because there's a lot of, you're there teaching and they have other classes too. So it's I think it sounds like a really great place to be. Yeah, and you can visit True North and not fast as well. You can just go and retreat and have people cook for you. Just chill out. It's a very relaxing scene and some people won't fast at all some people will fast they're fasting for up to 40 days so different types of people but it's so fun to go there even now 11 years after i started teaching there to just eat lunch there and people share their stories like how what their health issues are and how they came to know true north and how their progress is going it's just kind of fun it's like camp health camp. Yeah, being around like-minded people is so great. And for those of you that are just kind of plant curious, this lifestyle is just, it's so wonderful. As you can see, you can make, Kathy can show you how to make healthy, taste delicious. But one of the things that attracted me to lifestyle, not only that it's health promoting, but I just like to eat a lot. And knowing that I can eat until comfortably full and not have to worry about it being deleterious to my health. And I actually lost weight while eating. <laughs> And so did my husband while eating until comfortably full. And that's what I love about this lifestyle. So if, if you're on the fence or curious and you just want to try it, get Kathy's cookbook. There's so many friendly recipes there that everybody in the family should love. Give it a try and you'll see even even after a week, you'll see a change in maybe how you feel too and, and not just how you look. And before we go, is there anything that you wanted to tell the audience uh, yeah, I like what you said about just giving it a try. If you're new to this, it can be kind of overwhelming and scary to start any new habit. But just think, I'm going to do this for a week, or I'm going to do it for a month. 
and just see how it goes. I mean, I've been doing this 22 years and I'm still trying, I'm going to try this for a while. I'm going to try this for a while. I'm still trying and experimenting on myself. And especially as I get older, I just want to tighten the screws more and more and be as healthy as I can. So when I'm a older, older person, I want to be traveling and having fun. I don't want to be hanging out at home all the time, just in my chair, going to the doctor and all that. So that was for some reason, always a motivator for me um, that I just, I didn't, I don't, I have a low pain tolerance anyway. So I would like feeling good. And it's part of the reason I adapted well to this way of eating because I immediately felt better. And, you know, if you do it for reasons, then the side benefit is you end up maintaining a good weight, you have good skin, and you just have more vitality and more energy. And one of the tips I will give you is if you're new to this and you're starting out, give up the gift of not going out to eat for those two weeks or that month that you're trying it out because, man, going out to eat, it's still tricky for me. I just get sabotaged sometimes. And once you get that salt, oil, sugar on your palate, you want more the next day. So it's just easier for me. I eat at home more and more, and I really try to avoid eating out as much as possible or just save it for the very special occasions. Well, that's good tips. Thank you so much, Kathy, for being on the show. It just meant a lot to me, and I know it meant a lot to your fans and people that are, maybe haven't met you and came and joined us today and got to see you. Stay tuned because we're going to have a special announcement. I wanted to thank Rebecca and she is from PKA Solves. She's been making my life easy. So she's been posting all the questions and doing all the audio things and taking care of business for us. And I surely appreciate, hi, Rebecca. I appreciate her. I wanted to thank Jess from Just Haas Voice. She did the countdown for us and she's awesome. But most of all, I want to thank you guys because you're here. And of course, Kathy would not have come just to spend this time with me. Well, maybe she would have, but I think that she was more encouraged knowing that you guys would be here too so she could spread this good knowledge to everyone. And you guys are going to help by sharing this and liking and subscribing to videos like this and channels like this so that we can tell the world this is how to eat and this is how to be healthy and maintain your weight loss or obtain weight loss and good health. If you could type in the comments now, just join with me and Kathy as we say my sign off. And that's going to be the be strong, be well, be green. I have something that I wanted to announcement that I wanted to tell you that's going to be coming up. And coming up, we have Dr. Colin Zhu, and he is a board certified in family practice OMT and lifestyle medicine. He's a trained chef and health coach. Dr. Zhu launched the Chef Doc website on online wellness and lifestyle education platform. So please join us for a recipe demo from a doctor, yeah, and Q&A with Dr. Colin Zhu on Wednesday, May 26th at 3 p.m. Eastern, noon Pacific here on Be Green with Amy Live. So please join us for that. And now just get ready to type in that Be Strong, Be Well, Be Green. Are you ready, Kathy? We're going to sign off until we see you guys again. Remember, be strong, be well, and be green. Bye-bye. <laughs> <laughs>